0: I I'm this strange hybrid person. I just want to come and do evil. I'm going to corrupt Israel. <laughs> I'm a chimera.
1: Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio and my name's Basil.
2: And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 148, where we drop the hate and find out why Brian Gadawa says he's a hybrid chimera that wants to do evil and corrupt Israel.
1: <laughs> I'm a chimera. He's a very clippable fellow. Very clippable. Context. And uh, that's right. That's uh, Yes, it's a good object lesson in context, folks. Uh, this week, we got Brian Gadawa, good friend of the show and one of the most prolific fringe authors that uh, i've ever i ever even known and so we are so pumped to have them on the show and uh, this new book you're gonna love it but before we get into that um we got some things to talk about y'all it's an exciting day
2: it is we are moving into a new decade and and therefore we must have new things to
1: do New gadgets, new gizmos, and uh, new and better ways to connect with other Canarians. Oh man, guns! Before I get into the our new exciting news, I'm realizing that I can hear my own room echo, and it's driving me bonkers. Oh, finally, um, it's
2: getting to you now because I've been over here in the editing room <laughs> trying to mess with the sound gate for hours, trying to get rid of your oh, little echo. No.
1: I apologize everybody. I'm going to get the foam up on the walls. Okay, it's still on the wall foam. like I got more. I got to get the I, it's not enough. Got to okay. double down. Okay. Double down on the you know, people ask us for uh, podcasting advice here and there. Biggest advice, double down on the foam. You can never have enough foam on the walls. <laughs> this <laughs> but, is true. Okay. Back back on track here, guns. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm Are you ready. ready for the news. Yeah. dokie. Many of you, we have been uh Uh, Many of you have joined and have uh, answered the call to join the Canary Cry community on Facebook. That's right. It is a thriving community of over 2,000 listeners of Canary Cry Radio and Canary Cry News Talk and all the other shows that we do. And uh, it's a great place, not only to meet other Canarians just like you, the weirdos, uh, lots of uh, Epstein memes and Baby Yoda memes and cat memes. It's got something for everybody. Uh, people are meeting each other, praying for each other, finding out that uh, there's other Canarians near them. And yeah, I recommend everybody go now to Facebook and join the Canary Cry community. But here's but. the thing, Gons. We are finally aligning our community with the our... the 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 feelings in our hearts which is we know mark zuckerberg is out to destroy us all and turn us all into his android slaves and um you know what it's part of our duty uh as the podcasters to (laughs) help people break free from the shackles of facebook and uh we've done just that gone's Are you ready to join CanaryCry.community? I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to burn down Facebook. Burn it all. (laughs) That's right, folks. We have a brand new bespoke non-Facebook affiliated community. It's a little bit like an old school forum, but it is packed with uh, all sorts of features and social tools and all sorts of fun stuff. Again, that's canarycry.community, and here's the thing. This is where we're going, folks. Facebook is dead. Facebook, well, if it's not dead, it's going to be dead. It's now, become cyborg. A lot of people like Facebook. If you're out there and you're like, you know, I don't care that Mark Zuckerberg is making money off of my big data and stealing all of my most personal information and passing it on to his billionaire buddies in order to brainwash me to buy more of their products... That's fine. If that's you, that's totally cool. But if you are ready to take a stand and get off of Facebook and find a place with uh people just like you who listen to canary cry radio and who are just into the same stuff nobody nobody's going to be triggered nobody's going to be offended nobody's going to be well i can't guarantee nobody will be offended but um <laughs> you're going to want to head over to canary we had this specially built just for us using a, a very robust tool and uh, i think you guys are going to love it it's great there's all sorts of fun sort of gamified things that come with uh, interacting on the community on the forum type thing are we just calling it a forum does it have a different name
2: it's just a community i mean it is a forum but it's just a community
1: yeah forum doesn't quite like say it all it's it's a whole big thing folks so here's the thing maybe you haven't joined the facebook canary cry community that's fine maybe you're in the facebook canary cry community but it's time that we get as many people as possible to head over to canarycry.community. That's right. It's a fancy new URL. <laughs> .community. I've never even heard about that. But we got it, folks, because we're on the bleeding edge. And here's the thing. You can join both. You can be in the Facebook group and Join Community. Hundreds of people are already flocking over to CanaryCry.community. So I'm going to tell everybody out there right now, if you are within the thrall of my voice, head to Community. join up, and you may be wondering, Hey, it says that my account needs to be verified. Somebody needs to approve it. Yeah, because that's how we keep the trolls and the CIA agents out, folks. So head on over. <laughs> Go to canarycry.community, create an account, you know, just like any other thing. You create an account, and then a, a human being, a canarian, will uh, approve your request to join the community. And then you're in, baby. And we got I, I all sorts of stuff going on over there.
2: I don't like how you challenged the, the CIA people there to... <laughs> to join the community there. They're going to be like, oh, you, you're going to filter me out, huh? Let's see if we Bring can get there. Bring it on. Bring it on, CIA. So the domain is community, and you can just type that into your browser and, and try to do it. Although I've had some people have trouble with it. If it doesn't work, then all you have to do is type in www.canarycry.community. So uh, technically it's supposed to work the other way, but if it doesn't, you can do that. Also, I just downloaded... The uh, so this whole thing is built on something called Discourse, which uh, is a hundred percent open source discussion platform built for the next decade of the
1: internet. So Ooh. it's it's a little bit fresh. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm clicking around. I'm there's all sorts of fun stuff to do on here. Yeah, we're already
2: starting cool discussions and biblical topics, and uh, you know, minds blown with people looking at things that they haven't looked at quite before. That's right. Or angles they haven't understood before. It's it's very cool already. Mm-hmm. But uh, we need more people there. We need a meme thread. We need to bring the memes over to CanaryCry Community oh, as of this recording. Oh, so we got that memes. needs to take place. Oh, we
1: got memes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I want to give a very uh, heartfelt thank you to Smiley Pants Seven O Seven. He put yes. in a ton of work to help us put this together, and we couldn't have done it without him. I know he probably doesn't want me bringing so much attention to him, but Pants 707 you spotlight, you are the man, and uh, everybody should head over to CanaryCry.community and give a shout-out to SmileyPants707 for uh, putting in so much work to help bring this community together outside the iron grip of Mark Zuckerberg, the android man. Uh, who's also simultaneously a lizard. I don't know how he pulled it off, but he is an Android lizard person. It's
2: cyborg lizard. Yeah. And also just to mention, if you have an iPhone or an Android, you can download the discourse app. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just look for discourse and uh, in Google play or the, the uh, iPhone app store and you can find it. And all you got to do is get in there and there's a little plus sign where you can connect communities And you can just look for Canary Cry and it will pop right up and you can log in and you will have access to the forum. So
1: cool. A whole separate app on your phone just for connecting to Canarians. You don't have to have all the strings that come along with uh, having Facebook on your phone. Now's the time, people. Start migrating your life off of Facebook. And a great place to start is canarycry.community. Okay, guns. That was close to 10 minutes. I think we did good. Ten minutes to just tell them about the community. It's well, important. It's, it's, it's a big it's deal. Really, big deal. it really is the next decade of uh, the show, the uh, us, the community. I mean, that's this is where we're going. People, get on over there. Connect. Um, speaking of Do which, it. big new fun things that are going on. Uh, canary cry radio and canary cry news talk are both on spotify now we figured it out we did it it took took a lot of work but we are on spotify spotify has been making some very aggressive moves to kind of be a major player in the podcast space and that's fine but uh, a lot of people are listening to podcasts over on spotify this is not an ad i don't care if you go there or not but If you have Spotify and you're looking for an easy way to listen to CCR, Canary Cry Radio, not Creedence Clearwater Revival, uh, but they're probably on Spotify too. But if you can just go to Spotify, (laughs) open the app, search Canary Cry Radio. There we are, baby. Get it. Yep.
2: Yep. And Canary Cry News Talk has been there the whole time, but uh, for whatever reason... Canary Cry Radio had some uh, some delays to get there. An uh, eight-year delay, but we're finally
1: there. Yeah, we're finally there. That's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> another thing, Gons. Woo! We got all sorts of new fun things going on, and one of them is a jingle.
3: CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Some of you may uh, recognize that sweet, sultry voice. That's Sam uh, from Handsome Young Ladies and Slave to Servant. And uh, you may also remember him from God's Property Radio, a wonderful podcast that started back kind of when we started. Now they've retired the podcast but doing all sorts of great stuff. So, Sam, thank you, buddy, for the cool jingle. Now we're going to use the jingle to tell you about uh, supporting the show. Yeah, and you know, that that really
2: upped the jingle production. We've been doing some uh, listener jingles, listeners coming up with jingles on Canary Cry News Talk, and uh, we, we invite people to do that,
1: but uh, there you go. The, the bar has been raised a little bit, Basil. That's right. I know. He's putting in the work. He's a professional man, and uh, he's a professional man. Um, If you haven't listened to Canary Cry News Talk, I recommend everybody go do that. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just literally don't understand if you're not listening to Canary (laughs) Cry News Talk. It's a show we do every single week. If you're, you know, we get a lot of people complaining about these episodes coming out slow. Hey, that's okay. You're allowed to complain, but you need to go to Canary Cry News Talk and uh, listen to that show. Gons, we're putting out some good stuff over there. Some people even say that they like News Talk better than Canary Cry Radio. So uh, it's totally different vibe. It's totally fun. It's nice and short. You need to add it to your list. Uh, You know, having too much podcast to listen to is not an excuse. You've got to add Canary Cry News Talk. I guarantee you will not regret it. Also, just a quick plug, and we are going to jump right into the episode here. But I just want to let everybody know, patreon.com slash Radio head over there support the show you know here's the thing we're going into a new decade guns it's coming close to a decade of us doing this show we still got a year or two but it's coming close and that is crazy to think about and here's the thing folks we're always talking about big plans we're always talking about everything uh, that we want to do and how we would new shows and new things let me tell you baby canarycry.community the forum is not free got to pay for that and some of you may not yet realize how big of a commitment uh gonz and i made to not playing advertising on the show not selling your guys's attention uh for our own personal gain and even even worse selling your attention to corporations for our own personal gain you know, that was a, a tough decision for us to make, but it's we're able to make it because we trust and we know that listeners out there just like you will support this show to keep it going. So that's the thing, you know, uh, still just about one percent of listeners of Canary Cry Radio actually definitely less than one percent. I think about it. Definitely less, definitely yeah, less, less than one, much less than one percent yeah. of listeners. Uh, support the show and that means that there's 99.9% of you out there thinking oh uh, <laughs> okay they got a patreon somebody else will do it they'll be fine here's the thing no we won't you right now listening need to go to patreon.com slash cry radio because it's through our fundraising um, and the the monthly support provided by generous listeners that keeps this show going now if you don't like patreon you can head to like the jingle says canarycryradio.com support and there's all sorts of other options there please consider this is an earnest plea if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time and you uh, believe in what we're doing here and you've gained anything from listening to this show just give us what it was worth to you you know to have you listened to a hundred episodes is that worth a dollar to you? Come on now. You know it's worth a dollar. Head over to canarycryradio.com slash support or patreon.com slash canarycryradio. There's all sorts of rewards and fun stuff and bonus episodes over there. So you can get even more for choosing to support the show. Um, Anything else, Gonzo?
2: Yeah, so we also want to thank the people who have been signing up as of late recently, you know, a few people jumped on from the last episode talking about the Patreon. So thank you for supporting us and we're not going to mention any names at the moment here, but as Basil said, we don't sell your attention for advertisers, which means we're not beholden to any corporations or exclusive interests of individual shareholders and You know, again, Basil. You know, we we've been fully listener supported going on eight years here. Yeah, and that's that's quite an accomplishment. Most podcasts don't last eight years when they're purely listener supported. Yeah, most of them don't last
1: eight years at all. And then, yeah, if if they're only listener supported, I I literally can only think of one show that's fully listener supported and has lasted eight years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing that's that's important to to mention here is that we're not a five hundred one c three yeah uh, organization, which means we don't actually have any limitations on speech to influence or share opinions about legislative issues, which we haven't done a whole lot of. But it, I don't know, Basil. As, as the more the technocracy seems to rear its head, I feel like we might just by default be speaking our mind into are speaking our minds uh, about things that uh, are going to become legislative issues Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know we're just kind of looking into the future of this decade and how this show might be impactful in society and the church and everything and uh that's a decision we made to not go 501c3 and become a nonprofit, you know, thing. That's and not, nothing against those ministries and and churches that are. It's just the path that we decided to go. And, and it does so put another, restrictions. You know, another reason to support us. It does put restrictions. It does. If you go
1: 501c3, you can't talk a lot about a lot of stuff, or else you lose your uh, sweet benefits and. We just went ahead and said, you know what? We're going to say whatever we want to say, and we're going to be supported by the listeners. Corporations can't shut us down. The government can't shut us down. We're just going to keep on going, baby. And that's only possible because of listeners like you, you're going to be in within the 0.01% of supporters. Now, like I said, if you're there and you're listening and you're like, okay, good. I'm glad somebody else is going to be supporting them because I don't have time. That's wrong. You are the one listening to this right <laughs> <It's> now. <wrong. laughs> you need to go to patreon.com slash canarycryradio or hit that sweet jingle, Gons.
3: Canarycryradio.com slash support.
1: That's yeah, right. It's going to be stuck in your head all day long. And with that, folks, we bring you the one, the only, is your chimera. Is he bringing destruction to Israel? Brian Gadawa. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, The dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. In that dieth of Ahab in the city, the dogs shall eat, and him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. But there was none like unto Ahab which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols according to all things as did the Amorites whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. and I will give unto every one of you according to your works.
2: This is Canary Cry
3: Radio.
1: You know him. You love him. It's Mr. Brian Godawa, probably the most uh, prolific writer that uh, we have floating around our little podcast here, so we're so happy to have him back on. You might remember him, I think... I don't know. When was the last time we had Brian on Guns?
2: I uh, think it was episode one eighteen. Oh,
0: right. it was a year ago. It, was, it year... was about a year ago because that was when my last book came out.
1: Okay, one year ago. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Guns, tell which
0: it. it, it- It shouldn't have been, I should have, I should have called this, I should have finished this latest book about four or five months ago, but I got so much in in depth into it that it ended up taking me longer than usual. So it's okay.
2: Yeah. Time, time doesn't really make sense in the realm of podcasting. So, you know, one year, 10 minutes, it it can all be, you know, (laughs) it's all at the fingertips of the people listening, but yeah, it was June 9th, 2017. Wow. At least uh, according to our records, episode 118, where we questioned whether you are a heretic, Brian. Oh, that's right. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right, because of the revelation ones. And then, of course, I know sure as heck you
1: wouldn't have had me on for the other three books that I did. <laughs> you, you really do pump them out so quick. It's very I know, impressive. It's so fast. It's yeah. so, full
0: of footnotes or appendix appendices, I might add, which is great. <laughs> is always great and
2: you're here to talk about your new biblical fiction novel jezebel harlot queen of israel and uh, some of your fans are saying it's the best one yet and uh, this is part of the new series chronicles of the watchers which is a spin-off from chronicles of the nephilim and uh, you note here that there will be watchers and archangels in jezebel so uh, tell us all about this uh, this new series chronicles of the watchers and jezebel harlot queen of israel
0: yeah, and you know, as you guys may remember, um, you might have to interrupt in order to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> so, fe- pe- please feel free to interrupt me as mm. you need to.
1: No, that's I could great. Just talk you forever about you this make stuff. our job easy, man.
0: All right. <laughs> well, just to 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 come in from the big picture, then yeah, to to tell your viewers, and some of them may know, some may not. Um, the Chronicles of the Nephilim was my best-selling biblical novel series, which is eight novels that sort of um retell biblical stories um that that touch upon the giants the nephilim and i know that most of your listeners are uh, are aware of that and and understand that concept but also the watchers and and but the premise of the series was you know i i had read you know michael heiser's work as many of us have but i read him like before he became famous (laughs) (laughs) i'm proud (laughs) to say that i became his friend before he was famous yes you
1: fringe hipster (laughs)
0: Because <laughs> I am an obs- I love this obscure theological stuff and I found his yeah. book that is now The Unseen Realm. I found it just like half written in PDF on the internet because he didn't know anything about the, he's just like, hey, I'll put it up there while I'm writing it, whatever, you know? And I, I found it and I'm like, you'll gobble it up. I contacted him. I'm like, dude you know so and uh so he became actually a consultant on on one of my movie scripts uh for ugaritic language and and also i dedicated actually the first book of the series noah primeval to him and so to just paint that picture you know uh so what i wanted to do is i wanted to tell that story of the watchers and the nephilim and it's not just this sort of you know my understanding is it's not just this sort of uh you know arbitrary interesting or bizarre supernatural phenomenon It Phenomena. It's actually there's a storyline that's rooted in the Nephilim and in in the Watchers, and and um and it's a very meaningful one, a very interesting theological thread that I had not known before, and it was so inspiring to me. I had to like get that story out, and the best way to do it was through novels. I I also write theological books, but I'm you know I'm at heart I'm a dramatist, I'm a I'm a storyteller, and I love stories, and that's a powerful way to communicate this particular uh. Uh, you know storyline and what it is is i call it the war of the seed and um you know of course uh you know in the garden of eden with the serpent where god says you know you're, you're the seed of the serpent you know will be at war at enmity with the seed of eve or the seed of the woman but it says that you know you will crush his head and he will bite your heel and actually that that word for bite your heel is actually not it's actually the same word as crush so it's more like it's saying he will crush your head you will crush his heel it's kind of an interesting parity going on there but you know, and of course, those who study the Bible know that that crushing the ser- heads of the serpent is a theme that goes throughout the Bible, and it ultimately points to Messiah because one, you know, eventually Messiah would come and crush the head of of serpent of Satan. You know, and that's that one we're kind of familiar with. But what I didn't realize until I studied this stuff was that that battle between God's people and the people of Satan, or the people evil people, was born out in the Old Testament in that shall we say the the um, the 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 divine Council or the Deuteronomy 32 worldview and what that is is in Deuteronomy 32 it talks about how when God separated the nations at Babel and separated the languages you know in order to mankind was trying to deify themselves and so God does that but what it it says is that he he up, allots them according to the sons of God, but to Jacob he allotted to himself. And this notion of allotting territories to nations, but allotting them under supernatural authorities, and, and, you know, my argument and my understanding is those were the the sons of God was a term about basically beings from God's heavenly host who fell and came to earth and so the 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 godless nations of the gentiles worshiped false gods and god said okay i'm going to give you over to them and let you will be their inheritance you will be their allotment so he places watchers uh of the nations spiritual supernatural entities who are the authorities over the earthly authorities and so that's why in the bible you you know you see various locations where it references a battle that's going on on earth. There's a battle going on in the heavens. And of course, Daniel is the famous passage for that, where it talks about the prince of, of um, Greece and the prince of Persia battling with Michael, the prince of Israel. And all, most all scholars ag- acknowledge that those are spiritual princes. Those, those are principalities and such. So that that's the watcher paradigm that you've got. All these nations have spiritual watchers over them. The, what I did was, I said, well, what if, you know, we, some of us are familiar with ancient religions and you look back into Israel and you look back into Mesopotamia, you see Marduk, the king of gods in Babylon, or Baal, the storm god in Canaan, and Asherah, the mother of the gods in Canaan and such. And so, these pagan gods, I said, well, what if the pagan gods were real? In other words they weren't just the stone things that people worship but what if there was a spiritual reality behind them and that the people that they were these fallen watchers that that the bible talks about and that would make some sense about how people are worshipping these other false gods and they are under their authority as god sees them um but also in the same sense um they they are uh oh, how should we say um the watchers are are, are those authorities over them, and so whatever happens on earth there's something corresponding that's happening in heaven, and that's a worldview that the, the ancients really had, and so did the, the Bible and so um, consequently uh, so oh so so I, I wanted to depict that battle, and so these watchers have these inherited territories, but what happens when god's people God says, okay I'm going to disinherit you from Israel from the land of canaan and i'm going to make it my territory where my people will be well the gods of that land don't like that right and so um uh, the people who are worshiping these other gods there are some passages in the bible that indicate there is a demonic reality behind the false gods and that's where all these these picture these pictures come from unfortunately the bible doesn't say a lot beyond the fact that that's there and it makes a few references to them, but we don't know what it really looks like. So, you know, I use fiction to try to, okay, what would it look like if these watchers were there and they were having authority? And, and you know, my understanding was that if there are these evil beings that, that are like the mafia trying to take over or whatever, you know they're not all going to be united. You know, I mean, they're created beings. They're not perfect, and and they're certainly evil, right? And, and but they would they would be like the mafia, right? They sure they would have be united in one purpose to fight Yahweh. But certainly, each of them would have their own goals and, and their own ambitions of power and, and they would battle for, for you know, uh, for oh. placing on the hierarchy. If there's, wherever there's a hierarchy, there's going to be struggle for power. And so, certainly, these watchers might have that struggle for power within themselves, kind of like the Godfather movie, that kind of thing. And so, that's how I depicted that, that supernatural realm going on at the same time that these Bible stories are going on and they integrate to one another. So, I did that with Chronicles and the Nephilim, but… Um, there's a point in in scripture where um, where these Nephilim. Oh, one thing I didn't mention was that you know the Nephilim too, the the giants. And and by the time that Israel is going into the land of Canaan, it talks about the Anakim were there, and they came from the Nephilim. And so there are these giant clans that are that are in Canaan, the the Anakim, the the uh, Zamzumim, the Emim. And they're all also called Rephaim. It's sort of like there's some terms that, the term Rephaim is sort of like the newer term that refers to all of them. And they're basically the reference to these giant clans that, that Israel was supposed to wipe out because these were that seed of the serpent. And so, um, but what happened is, Joshua, of course, goes in and cleanses the land and he wipes them all out. But it's, and it says in Joshua 11 that he wiped out the Anakim. But then it says, but he left philistine alone and there's a couple cities they left alone in philistia and uh, of course that's where goliath came from right but he basically um uh joshua does this but then by the time of david you've got goliath we've got phil and the philistines are now the major enemies of israel Mm. but in the in the storyline of david you see he's wiping He killed the goliath but he also wipes out all the all the philistines and the Rephaim and stuff so after the time of david and remember now david is the the messiah king he's the anointed one the word for anointed is messiah so david was the messiah king and he was supposed to do that to cleanse the land and to bring in that god's kingdom but of course we know that didn't finally happen and now his the son of david would have to come and that's jesus but after the time of david in the bible you never hear anything more about the nephilim so um the premise of the chronicles of the watchers now is i wanted to tell stories about what happened you know after that fact the watchers are still around because we hear about the watchers in daniel right and so um that's sort of the premise of my series and i wanted to start out with some of the bible stories now these aren't going to be in order and i'm and they're going to be a little cheat because i'm going to go back and i might do a an i i'm I'm not going to reveal which one it is but i'm going to go back a little bit in history and of of israel and do another story that i think would be really cool to fit the series about the watchers um that's before the time of david but generally it's going to be david and after and i'll do a couple of the you know jewish stories and then i want to expand out and maybe um Tell more stories about other areas, like the British Isles, or maybe the Americas, right? Ooh. And and tell stories that might relate to it in that sense. So that's the premise of the Watchers. Until until Christ comes and Christ has the victory, he disinherits the the Watchers, and I write about that kind of stuff. But that actually that's what my series of Chronicles of the Apocalypse is, is. Is that's where Christ has this Ooh. victory over the Watchers and where psalm 82 talks about how messiah would in his, messiah's resurrection would disinherit and he would bring the nations back and that's what the gospel is the gospel is you know christ has victory over those territorial you know entities and now people can come into the kingdom of god from every tribe and every nation and that's sort of the that's a kind of a the big picture theological thing that i'm i'm going over um but specifically jezebel now that that is a fascinating story, because there's more to it than just that. And, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but Jezebel's story is, of course, you know, well known by, by many people, and you know, we're all familiar with uh, the we've heard that phrase, you know, the Je- Jezebel, you know, there's been movies, there's been references to it, and um, there's even um I think modern-day feminists sort of, sort of wear the the wear the the name Jezebel as a badge of honor, right? There's a famous uh, left-wing news site called Jezebel, right? And um, yeah, that kind of a thing. So, but nonetheless, she's the she's the most wicked, ruthless queen in all of Israel's history, and she had the famous confrontation with Elijah on Mount Carmel. Um, so, I wanted to tell that story and and include that spiritual picture as well. So, it were. We're in the 9th century, uh, century B.C. Israel. This is a time period after King Solomon built the temple. It's been, it's been quite a few years, you know, several hundred years after. And uh, the kingdoms have been split. So we've got Judah in the south with uh, Jerusalem as the capital. And then we have Israel in the north with Samaria as the capital. And King Ahab is the king of Israel. And I'm focusing a little bit more on that that particular uh, nation of Israel, but um, Judah does come into the story. But, and that, so the story is the, the principle is that this is a time where Israel is at war with Damascus or the Aramaeans. And, and they, they were, their capital was Damascus and Phoenicia, which was on the coast. Tyre was a part of Phoenicia and Phoenicia uh, they were called the Sidonians by the Jews, but nonetheless, it's Phoenicia. Mm-hmm. Tyre was the was the sort of the capital of Phoenicia, and uh, they were the you know. M- sea merchants of the world so they're like cosmopolitan they're they're obviously the key to all the trade so you've got israel inland who has access and and um they're protecting the king's highway and the king's highway was a major economic route that connected mesopotamia way up in the north and syria in the north all the way to egypt in the south so what happened was israel and tyre decided to unite against damascus so that they could protect the seas and the land against uh, the Arameans who were trying to take over everything. And in, in good orderly fashion, just like Game of Thrones, they they had a marriage. Uh, and the marriage to unite Tyre and Israel was Jezebel, the daughter of the king of Tyre, marries King Ahab. And that's the setup for, for the storyline. But now, one of the things Coming into that story is you know that that name has a very negative connotation to it right up front, yeah. but if you if you read the story, it it doesn't necessarily it doesn't start out that way. She wasn't some wicked monstrous you know witch. You yeah. know she for all practical purposes they might have had a very good marriage. And and the other thing is is you know the, the novel's called Harlot Queen of Israel, but right up front I want to sort of explain my, the name Jezebel has that sexual connotation to it, but in truth. Uh, that is not. She wasn't. She wasn't a necessarily a sexual, uh, you know, seducer and prostitute and harlot. And uh, it, the Bible uses that terminology of Jezebel as a spiritual metaphor. Right. In other words. In other words, Israel was supposed to be was considered the the wife of Yahweh, and um, when Jezebel brought in Baal worship, that's what she's famous for because she yes. was entire. They worshipped Baal. Asherah, Anat, and all these gods, she brings that Baal worship in, and they end up building a temple of Baal in Israel, which is, you know, unprecedented, right? And so, there's this syncretism going on, and that's something that's really fascinating to me. What was was that like, you know? And I wanted to capture that reality, but you have to realize it's not this evil monster comes in and forces evil on people. No, Israel were already, Israelites were already worshiping Asherah. They were already worshiping Ashtart and the goddesses. And so in a way, they were just adding one more God to the mix. They were, they're supposed to be monotheists, but in truth, they were polytheists who, uh, who kept being kicked in the butt by the, by uh, God and by prophets to, to, to turn back to Yahweh, the, the, you know, as, and have, worship him as the one god and so the the notion of jezebel as a harlot or jezebel as an adulteress was actually a metaphor for her bringing spiritual unfaithfulness to israel so in other words the the bride of yahweh is israel and when she's unfaithful to god by worshiping baal and other gods and goddesses she is like all the prophets from elijah onward from elijah jeremiah isaiah all of them called israel a harlot and an adulteress because she was unfaithful to Yahweh by worshipping the gods and goddesses. In fact, ultimately that's why Israel went into exile and the the temple was destroyed and everything was because of that unfaithfulness that was so so abominable to God worshipping these gods and goddesses. So imagine a world where it you know, Baal worship was not this seen as this evil thing and we look back on it now and it's so odd and bizarre to us but that's because we've been affected by judeo-christianity you know but in that world um it, it was very easily pressured to worship many gods and so it was very difficult for them to stay true to one god yahweh so jezebel comes in and she brings that that spiritual adultery but i depict her very quite you know i try to be quite fair to her and 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 actually you know, you start reading it and you think, wow, she's actually pretty committed to Ahab and all this. She just wants to bring in this fault, this other God. And the other thing is, is, you know, Tyre was very rich because they're sea merchants, they're very sophisticated, very cultured. And Israel at this time, you know, they're more like a, you know, they're they're, they're good with war, uh, but they're they're more primitive in many ways. So the whole premise is Jezebel thinks she's, you know, you have to realize that. Evil villains never see themselves as villains. If right. you really understand the nature, villains see themselves as you know, whatever. I'm going to cleanse, cleanse the, the the race. You know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. or whatever. And in Jezebel's some case, some real
1: Thanos she, energy there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? There's a logic to that. One, if you accept the premise, the logic of that is actually perfect. And same thing with Jezebel. So she's coming, she's, she sees Israel and she thinks that the, it's poverty is part of it. You know, they they need more sophistication. They need the, the glory of Baal to help them, you know? But of course, ultimately, I mean, that from her perspective, that's how th- things are seen. She's, she doesn't come in and, I'm going to corrupt Israel. <laughs> you know no that's not it at all and and you know what we have to understand our enemies even in today's world more accurately like that Amen. than seeing them as i just want to come and do evil no right. they believe what they're doing is good so in order to understand your enemy you've got to see them through th- those eyes and that's what i try to do in jezebel but then of course ultimately you know the male worship <laughs> ultimately the sacrifice <laughs> that's what's going of- on yeah, yeah the yeah, sacrifice of children and obviously right. worshiping uh, other gods, but but right. this is the 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 picture that that I try to paint that I think people hear about. You know, yeah, there was child sacrifice in the ancient world, but um, and Israel actually did it too when they worshipped Baal and Molech. Well, what was that like? And I wanted to cap, I wanted to depict this world where Israelites are worshiping other gods and they also end up engaging in child sacrifice, which you know um uh led by the matriarchal queen right and uh i want so so i think that you see a lot of relevant connections in the ancient world to today particularly obviously with abortion and where uh, you know so you'll read the story and you'll see the connections are very clearly the same there's a lot of the same drivers behind child sacrifice that is behind uh, abortion you know for example um one of the foundations that they uh engaged in for child sacrifice was whenever there was like a war or some tragedy or famines or such, that's when these Canaanite cultures would sacrifice their children. And they would usually do it of the noble children, believe it or not. You'd think it would be the poor people, right? Because those are the ones that, you know, the people in power would always get rid of, right? Right. Right. It was actually uh, probably mostly more uh, the wealthy people because th- that was their appeasement. It, it was sort of like the poor are the ones who suffer, but the rich are the ones who okay. Now is the time when we've got the major suffering or we've got war going on. Now it's our responsibility, so they sacrifice their children. And so, mm. in a way, their their sacrifices were to to ward off the tragedies that they saw coming or to make their lives better and that's not too different from a woman who says well if i have a kid in this world it's just going to create all this you know suffering and tragedy for them so i'll sacrifice them on my altar of convenience you know so anyway that's my my little personal um, sermonette but but this the story does you know depict tr- i try to be as accurate as i can about that world and yet you'll see as you read it wow there's a lot of commonalities with today now i'm not one of those guys i know there are people out there today that are saying that you know Uh, the jezebel uh, the you know the kings and stuff uh, are the it's sort of a prophecy about what's going to happen i i don't i don't think that's the case i but i do think that we can learn and draw analogies absolutely uh the analogy of jezebel i can see In today's world and so even in even in the book of revelation when jezebel is brought up as a another analogy of spiritual unfaithfulness um that's another one of those things where people assume it has to do with you know the harlot of revelation yeah it's a harlot but it's all about spiritual unfaithfulness towards yahweh that's what the harlotry is a symbol of or a representation of and so that's a theme that kind of goes throughout the whole bible and that's that's the 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 essence of jezebel there's but there's one more thing i want to say that's really cool about her and that is her name so people start reading the book and you'll start seeing isabel isabel of tyre isabel and you're like wait a minute i thought i thought her name was jezebel well actually i found out that the name jezebel is actually an insult that was it's a play on words that the bible writers used to insult jezebel because of course Uh, they hated her
3: yeah
0: and uh so when you look into the name her name was actually isabel isabel and 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 by the way archaeology has possibly found a seal with her name on it which is really fascinating um so what it meant, what it was, was where, you know, it's calling out, where is the prince? Where is the prince? Uh, Isabul? And, um, and that was a famous saying from the Baal epic. And the Baal epic was the mythology of Baal, and one of the stories was he was a fertility god, and so they had stories about how he would die, Mot, the lord of death, would capture Baal, and then Anat, his sister, would go and and free Baal, and he would come up back from the dead, and at every harvest he would return, and that's when the people would say, where is the prince, where is the prince? And that would bring the rains, because the storm god would bring the rains, he would come back from the dead, not from the dead, but come back from Hades, you know, shale. And so that was their storyline of fertility, right? And I bring that storyline into my, I integrate it into the biblical story. So you've got these gods engaging in all that same kind of stuff going on. And I thought that was kind of cool. But um, so Jezebel is this, this phrase that they called out. Well, the word Jezebel, you know, scholars will say that that they've changed the I, Izebul, and changed it to Izebel. And basically, the Hebrew, what the Hebrew is saying is there is no prince, or uh, there's it's also, also the zebel is a word for feces or excrement, see? Ooh, so it's okay. sort of saying there is no prince, and you're just the prince of excrement. And, and uh, it's kind of interesting because the text itself actually explains that, at the yeah. end of Jezebel's life, where there's a prophecy, Second Kings chapter nine, yeah, where it yeah. says the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung excrement right. on the face of the field in the territory of Jezreel, and no one shall say this is so. No one can say this is Jezebel, right? So um, I kind of brought that into the storyline in a, in a cool way, and and um, yeah, there's these lots of little things, lots of little things to talk about. But that's that's my that's some some of the stuff on Jezebel that I thought was interesting.
1: The, well you're certainly right there are a lot of little things to talk about there but um you know i really uh, you talk about your you know passion for storytelling and stuff like that you know uh, that's the difference between a lot of what we get um just sort of in the christian mainstream culture and putting it in sort of this narrative style because it's so easy in christian culture to um, you know, pick out bad guys and and point out that they are evil, they consider themselves evil, and they love it that way. But yes. uh, as you point out with Jezebel, in which I think we need to continue to point out with other people who are sort of adversarial to our own position, that, you know, they uh, think that way and they do the things they do because they have been uh, convinced that that is the good thing to do. Um, yes,
0: I'm, and- I'm, that's that is a rule in my writing as every villain I write, I try to when I write the villain, I try to put myself in their perspective and to believe it as uh, as if it's true and as the, I and that this is I believe this is what is good, and I'm trying to achieve good because that's the only fair way you can portray evil and it will be the most accurate and it will ring true with people's uh reading it's kind of funny because at first <clears> my <throat> editor responded negatively because i was doing such a good job of showing that you know giving <laughs> jezebel her due right. with you know, the but this was it i'm like Look, that's just the beginning of the story. Let it let it unfold. Right. You know, people develop over time. Things are revealed over time. You don't want to throw things out right up front, anyway. Right. And you want to you want to show people change or turn into things too, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, sure enough, so that was a good sign to me, though. When she when she said, "Well, Jezebel, you're making her look good." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> that's good. I want it that way." Right.
1: You
3: know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's interesting
1: dynamic. too because you know you draw the allusion to abortion and for any of us you know we all know people who are on other sides of that argument and the fact of the matter is that they think that they are doing the right and good thing now they have yes. different points of view on what the sort of most important points are but uh, you know that's uh, that's where they're coming from and so that's why you know if you're getting into a discussion Coming at it from the point of view where well, they're just evil and they know they're evil and they want to do evil stuff is rarely effective in changing minds
2: so yeah, true. the so other true. thing I, I'm curious about is that whole sentiment of finding the commonality because if you if you really think about this spiritual war it it's it's happening in the spiritual realm, but then we have human interaction here, and it's yeah. almost like. You know what? What is the the true intention behind it? Does that sort of uh, symp not sympathetic, but that that full picture of a, a human villain does that extend into the gods that
0: you uh, yes. depict? Yes, it does. And like I said earlier, um, I don't. I, I I mean, I genuinely don't do not believe that evil is this. Ah, uh, perfectly united force. You know the way we see it in movies, like you know all the demons are just all they're all in unity uh, when they <laughs> attack or whatever. You know, I'm like, no, I, I think they're going to be f- jockeying for power. Is what yeah. I think. Self-serving
1: yeah. is kind of the yeah, the centric absolutely.
0: principle. And so I do have that. I think I'm. I, I don't know. My my fans love it. And I think it's one of the more interesting things. But but I I don't just make it up. I base a lot of the stuff. If you read this novel, you're going to get whether you know it or not, that when you're reading the storyline of the gods Baal, so I have Baal show up, I have Asherah, the mother goddess, I have Anat, Baal's sister, and I have Ashtart, which was an, also a goddess. Um, actually, Jezebel was a high priestess of Ashtart, and Israelites worshipped Ashtart before that she even got there. So, And I, I have Molech show up, not, you know, some of them show up and just have a cameo or something, but but those are the main gods and goddesses that are going on in Israel, and I do have them jockeying for power or, you know, sort of, uh, what's, what's it called, you know, the, the interpolitics of, of trying to, to be the one pr- accepted by Baal, you know, who's going to be Baal's escort, that kind of thing, so they fight over it, but I integrated actual stuff from the bale epic into that storyline so the things that you see happen like for instance i do have bale gets captured by mot and Anat goes after him into shale to free him right so just like the bale epic and i connect that think about that if that's the if that storyline is part of the fertility myth then uh, about bringing the reins well what was the big storyline of mont carmel mont carmel was it's been three years of drought that Elijah did because he was cursing because of Jezebel, bringing Baal worship. Mm. Baal's the storm god who brings rain. And Elijah's saying, no, he's not. Yahweh is, I'm going to stop the rain because Yahweh's the storm God, right? So the whole thing about calling fire from heaven on Mount Carmel wasn't just uh, it wasn't just about um, you know, extra, uh, displays of power it had to do with also bringing the rain because that's what happened when that when that occurred right the, you know the fire from heaven is probably more like lightning actually and that of course presages the rain that came right after it so that contest was saying who is the storm god who brings the rain and brings the fertility of the land and so i tie in that whole baal myth like that's why he was that's why there was a uh, a drought for 3 years cuz baal was you know, captured and brought down into, into shale. And will he get back in time to battle the archangels and to bring fire from heaven on Mount Carmel? Well, you'll have to read the story to find out. Well, we know it happened, but, but the way I dealt with that spiritual integration of the storylines, um, I think is kind of unique, but also rooted, not just made up. It's rooted in a lot of the ancient Canaanite mythology.
1: Wow, You know what I love about the, this sort of concept and the, um, idea of focusing on sort of the the parallel lines between uh, the spiritual realm and the physical realm you know you uh point out uh, how you know these spiritual beings have have uh, sort of earthly analogs yeah. and what that encourages me with is you know uh, again not to uh to distract from our need for prayer and spiritual warfare, but it does create an analog from, you know, the people, the human beings you have right in front of you and how you deal with them also has spiritual ramifications when we're living our lives.
0: Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the marks of my, of all my stories is mine is not, I'm kind of, I've taken up the tradition of Frank Peretti, but I'm really not, my spiritual warfare is not like demons of lust and demons of hate and all this kind of stuff Uh, in that petty little level. um, Mine is dealing with the higher level of um and and you've already sort of said it accurately you know where it's this parallel world going on but it is connected so there is they touch but i don't have it where it's like they're all interacting with each other it's more like two stories that are going on they both reflect each other to some degree and then sometimes they connect up at points and that's kind of the picture as i see it from my own bias and my own perspective so so yeah it's not so much this um you know, people just sort of sitting around and praying and, and casting out demons or whatever. In fact, the you know, if you think about it, the old testament really doesn't say anything about demon possession. I mean, uh, there is a lot in the New Testament, but yeah. and about the only incident I think you can find I'm not saying that there isn't anything, but that's that's theologically relevant. The fact that there's only one place where there's like an evil spirit that taunts Saul and he kinda of goes mad, maybe that might be possession, maybe. Yeah. But that's the only case. And why is that? Why is that? I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure, um, but I do know that that's not as much the issue, at least in the Old Testament storyline, as it is these hi- this higher dimension of these territorial powers. Right. You know? so, and yeah, it's that's interesting, why
1: you know, pointing out in the same sort of uh, uh, spirit here, that uh, often, even in the New Testament, when you see demons show up uh, w- within the scriptures, it's often in a self-serving type of way. I mean, rarely is it like, you know, Jesus casting out a demon and the demon saying, well, I take my orders from Lucifer. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just following the orders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: a good point. No, that, really, that's it, a good point. It, they're
1: always sort of in some sort of self-serving behavior, whether it's, Whatever, taking refuge within a host or something like that. So I think you're right when you talk about, um, you know, the spiritual realm, and we consider the forces of evil to be kind of a a a well-groomed, highly regimented um, army of of obedient soldiers. When in reality, uh, which uh, I think expresses the notion of evil even better, um, you know, it's just a bunch of Beings who decided they want their own way rather than following, uh, you know, God's order of things.
0: Yeah, because. Chaos. Uh, yeah that's exactly what it is and and but i even have gods betraying one another to the archangels
1: right
3: you
0: know in order to get power over each other and that yeah that's why i think a lot of the movies where they are are this you know whatever i mean you got to have your armies okay i get that but but when they're all the evil is just perfectly unified with each other it's i just don't it's boring to me (laughs) because i don't believe that you (laughs) know yeah
2: first kings 22 and i know you know know about this brian because uh Mike Heiser has talked about it and we've talked about it on, on the podcast as well, but there's a, there's a scene where uh, God basically declares the death of Ahab and he has, uh, he asks who's going to carry it out. A spirit comes forward and uh, says he will entice him. And and when the Lord asks how he basically says, I'll go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And so that's kind of like whispering in and almost like an inspiration type of thing in the, in, in doing, doing the Lord's bidding. Sure. And uh, you know it's kind of a hard passage to understand. It's like, whoa, wait! God sent a a spirit to to lot, to become a lot, you know. But it's it's yeah. one of those things where it, it, it's uh, and I think it goes it touches into what you're talking about here is that the war that's happening in the spiritual realm and the touching points you mentioned to the kind of a physical manifestation. It's all it's it's not so clear. And there's you know where it it just proves that we're in this. Fallen world, you know that yeah. that there's a confusion. That the the bite from the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. That there's something literal that happened there, and we're yeah. we're kind of living expressions of that broken part of the the whatever is you know the ideal situation of what good and bad and and evil and what it's supposed to be and and where we're supposed to be in context to creation and God and everything. All that was kind of broken. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're doing a good job of you know with these stories to just highlight the intricacies that uh, are found in the Bible, the, the little storylines that, that most people miss because, uh, yeah. you know, we just kind of get an overview lesson of uh, certain characters or certain situations that, you know, we, how we can apply it to our own relationships and stuff, which is good. Uh, but yeah, I think it seems like you're uncovering deeper, longer that it, it connects back to the, to the larger story arc of uh, the, the God versus the gods and yes. uh even even putting in context the arrival of Jesus and why it was so significant with all of his yeah. stuff that he was doing so
0: well now yeah. here's here's the thing where now I have a I have a very strong view of God's sovereignty so um I you know the way that I tell my story is I'm I have no problem with you know y- y- you know letting the the evil have free reign and just, you know, uh, even showing uh, massive compromise with God's people, uh, almost nobody's pure, everybody's messed up, even Elijah's messed up, you know? I mean, he's a guy, here's a guy, I'll talk about him in a second, but um, so... So, I have no problem with that messiness like what you're saying. In fact, I think that's the heart and soul of understanding reality is if we can realize, you know, the Bible is certainly not like this picture of the way many Christians have sort of painted of this black and white uh, description of uh, uh, you know everything's just easily understood and 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 separated. You know, like this is evil. That's that's not. And I mean, there is obviously some elements of that. But what I'm trying to get at is, like you're saying, the messiness of life is, is that it's not all black and white, simple. For example, you can have godly people. The in the Bible, in the Book of Kings, it talks about there being godly kings who serve the Lord, yet they did not. Uh, get rid of the high places and the high places were actually worship sanctuaries on hills that that were dedicated to the gods of canaan (laughs) and some of them were dedicated to yahweh but the point was was yahweh said get rid of those all of them and the bible itself even says men who serve the lord yet they did not do this what he said you know and so you can be my point is is the today's world it's like this you know you've got to be this perfectly you know whatever a perfect person or you're not a good christian and it's like you know christians are messed up and that doesn't mean we're not christians it doesn't mean we're all hypocrites it just means it's a messy world and i try to capture that reality and and give both sides its due but in the end my world picture is however god is sovereign and so um so, that's, and if you're coming to this story wondering what's my take on that, oh, I definitely think God is, God is in control, <laughs> and it's all, God's going to work out his plans, but we don't necessarily know what that is, and from our perspective, it certainly looks like it's not, like it's not going to happen, or it's a mess, or it's whatever, but God is, and that's why God uses some of the messiest people to accomplish his purposes, and to me, that's one of the saving graces of all my chronicles. Is basically, I try to write about big heroic guys, but I try to show how, but they are flawed and and just like us. And the very people that we think are too high for us, like for me, that would have been Elijah, right? It's like, well, Elijah, the prophet, I, you know, hey, he's a good hero, but it's like, I can't relate to him because, I mean, you know, he, he calls down fire from heaven. Like, he confronts the prophets, of Baal, calls down fire from heaven. You know, nobody- It's taken in a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. And nobody, like even Moses, you know, you know, God did things and God told Moses to do things, but it doesn't, but Elijah just did it. You know, he went and called, called God, called, bring down fire, right? But my point about this was he's this big hero in our minds. And in some ways you might think that's hard to relate to, but one of the most amazing. And 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 as I write the story, it's a way for me to work out these, these difficult spiritual realities and, and struggles. I always had problems, but w- right after he does that, right after he calls out fire from heaven, kills 400 prophets of Baal, right? What, what does he do? He gets a letter from Jezebel, not even in, in person, just a letter that says, I'm going to kill you just like the prophets. <laughs> and he runs away. He runs for 40 days and 40 nights down to Mount Sinai. And I always thought, That just doesn't seem it's sort of like like that's bad storytelling god you know Mm, mm -hmm. but but really it isn't if you understand what's going on and i think what you know what i came to understand and i try to incorporate this understanding into the storyline is i think elijah had a fear of man he struggled with a fear of man Mm. and that even even a prophet who can do great things you know just like hey they just got delivered in the wilderness they saw the pillar of fire. They saw the Red Sea close on the enemies. And what did they do? They worshipped a golden calf, right? right? So it's like, you know what? It, it seems like, how could that possibly be? But we are the same way, and we are those people. So when I now see Elijah, I relate to Elijah because, think about it, if a man who called fire down from heaven, f- from God, obviously, but, you know, that man who had that kind of experience of the power of God, if he could immediately become fearful of man afterwards, then I'm, it makes… I have more encouragement because I struggle with the fear of man, and so I have more encouragement that I can—I don't have to wallow in that. I can overcome it. I can fight against it. But the key is understanding: in is Elijah when he ran, he didn't just run away from Jezebel. He ran to Yahweh. He ran to mm. Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was the cosmic holy mountain of God, where God, you know Yahweh's presence was. He gave the law. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, that sounds pretty dismissive but <laughs> you know he gave the law and there's a lot behind that right good catch and we, both, we all know that um so so he, that, yeah, it's like wow that's really that that i draw from it's like okay it's okay to have fear of man but run towards yahweh run towards god and and what and then another weird thing in in the storyline a lot of weird things about elijah that i never understood and and when he we goes to mount sinai he's like god you know and god's gonna tell him to go back right but he experiences these th- these major uh natural uh theophanies you know a theophany is god's presence in a, a in a glorious you know whatever natural disaster or something so he he experiences this massive earthquake and it says but god was not in the earthquake it experiences fire maybe a pillar of fire you know uh but god was not in the fire and then like what i think is a storm and wind and god's not there and so you're know, like going wait a minute, what, and then it says, oh, but he's in the still small voice, God was in the still small voice, and of course, the normal impression that we get out of that is like, you know, nowadays people say, oh, you know, that's, see, you know, God, you know, you don't need these grand, exalted things. For God speaks to us in a still, small voice. What that means today to a lot of people is he, you know, he talks to your heart, your feelings. What are you feeling? Oh, that's where God's talking to you, or God's giving you these impressions, or something like that. I don't. Th- I've after studying it now, I don't think that's what it means at all. In fact, um, uh, that that phrase for you know uh, that is a still small voice that's a bad english translation but modern scholarship has been, been able to explain that it's not it's not like oh he's not in the dramatic things he speaks to you softly it's that it's silence it's literally uh, an oxymoron a sound of sheer silence that's god was in the silence and there's a that's an oxymoron in a sense, right? But but I think what you know I've always heard the yeah I'm not a mystic, but I've heard the some some of the things in the mystics that they say, and you know kind of interesting thoughts. And um, one of them was that you know you find God in His absence, and that seems contradictory. And I and mm-hmm. I yeah. there's a certain essence. Of course, look. I believe God is everywhere all the time and but but in terms of our experiencing of him sometimes we feel like he's absent. In fact, I can say the older I get, I have lot lot long periods of my life where I I don't have this sense of God's presence or I feel like he's absent and it's my feelings and I'm like, you know, how, and now I can relate to Elijah because it's like, wait a minute. What happens in those times where God's absent? He, or you feel he's absent, right? You feel he's silent, that he's not speaking to you. It's not about, well, just listen harder and you'll hear the still, small voice. What it is, is that's where God is because that's what causes you to seek God god where are you you're crying out you know and it's just like and it's in the searching that you find god in the searching Mm. it's not that then you'll find the miracles at the end of the search and you'll hear the voices it's that that silence itself is where god is and that's where you're going to find him and i draw a lot of of a lot from that because i experienced that in my own life you know and and so those are some some of the I do draw some of that out in Elijah because the story's got a lot of characters in it, but Elijah's one of one of the main characters. Um, but he's not the hero or he's not the protagonist of the story. Elijah in the story is like a mentor. So I do show some of his stories on the side, but the actual and you know, the countdown or the 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 standoff is between you know Elijah and Jezebel's Baal prophets and all that. But really, the story—the bigger story—that goes to the end is more about Jehu uh, versus uh, Jezebel. Because, as you know, if you know the story, Jehu was the one who actually killed Jezebel, and he was the one who Elijah prophesied would become the next king. So he's the one who takes over after that, and he fulfills God's prophecy. So really, my story of Jezebel uh, is a counter of Jehu and and Jezebel and. Um, and so uh, but but what's fascinating about Jehu is he's the commander of Ahab's armies. And uh, you know so imagine a guy and 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 ultimately Jehu is a guy who who serves Yahweh and worships Yahweh. But imagine this guy who's service to the king he's the king's right hand of of power. And Jezebel is, you know, obviously just corrupting Ahab to the point of Baal worship and all stuff. Imagine the struggle that Jehu went through. He's a guy who believes that the king is God's anointed, which means obedience to the king is obedience to God. Disobedience to the king is disobedience to God. Mm. And But what happens when the king is not obedient to God or the mm. king, you know what I mean? And 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 so, his moral dilemma is something that I also relate to in life in terms of… <laughs> I you think know, that's
2: like the part of… Uh, of our generation our whole generations experienced exactly
0: some of that yeah. exactly and uh, in other words it's about authority and, and and uh you know of course we have now we have a revolutionary spirit which i think is evil and that is the uh, rejection of all authority and we just you know rise up with chaos and mobs and you've got antifa mobs and you've got you know it's just things growing um in chaos it's a chaos when you when you have a revolution but um god himself operates in in a different way and in a different level and so he appoints jehu through the prophet's authority jehu receives the authority to become the new king it's not given to him by man rising up or anything like that um but uh so jehu struggles in his A loyalty, dual loyalties to both God and King. And that's what the storyline goes. And I can relate to that a lot because I believe in authority and I want to, and I want to obey authority and I'm not an anti-authority person, but I also struggle with today how authority, the authority structures are breaking down and our authorities are now criminals you know mm. and and it's widespread you know look at our government it's just full of criminals who are just engaging in 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 you know massive violations of the constitution and they, they don't it just gets they get away with it because the media supports them this kind of stuff is going on and i'm starting to think you know this is wrong and 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 how do we fight this how how do we battle with it well i try to struggle with that issue in in jehu's life in this story and um uh and 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 and, and, and you know it's it's not like yeah it's messy. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the answers, but I at least try to struggle through and make sense of as much as I can, uh, being true to to God's word. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. and what I love about uh, the way that you are doing this is, you know, we all well, hopefully, you know, m- m- we've re- heard the stories of the Bible, read the Bible, have them told us. Told to us, however, that happens in each and every one of our lives. Um, and we can get that sort of biblical scriptural perspective, but putting it into the narrative that you uh, are with all, all of your work, but including this most recent, um, you know, helping bring those themes and storylines alive, not just in our own lives, but also the whole world around us. And when you you know, just like you're saying, we're all looking around at politics and everything going on right now. Even geopolitics, you know, in, in the context yeah. of having, uh, you know, principalities over other parts of the earth um, and such. It's uh, it. not only is it, I'm sure, a, a good way to spend your time and a better entertainment process than watching <laughs> uh, Netflix. um, but it's also giving us perspective on the world that we live in based on a biblical, uh, biblical perspective and a biblical uh, uh, root there. So, it's, it's incredibly yeah. powerful in that way. I mean, in, in what other ways do your storytelling uh, achievements sort of try to connect people with the world that they're already in?
0: Well, you know that you bring up a really good point because um, I, I'm this strange, hybrid, person artist who loves. You're a hybrid. You got I'm <laughs> a hybrid, <laughs> baby. Got it. Chimera got it. alert. I'm a, I'm a chimera. <laughs> <laughs> of uh i i love theology and i love philosophy and intellectualism i i I just i always have i'm sorry but you know uh i i love reading scholarly articles you know that's what i i love doing but i also love stories and i love fiction and i love you know and and usually people tend to be on one side or the other you know but one of the things i've found is is that um and you know particularly for the christians i i i recognize christians are my dominant audience here you know um but but you know they there's a, a lot of christians like to have things explained to them and so um and i get that because for me personally i think in many ways while i love theology the stuff that changes my life at least that i see is is the stories in my life you know mm. like i like i watched you know first two seasons of the program this is us and i there was more redemptive uh Redemptive power in my life that that thing brought a dealing with my own family past and stuff that I've never dealt with ever before than any sermon I've ever heard, you know, and, and that's because stories for me really embody truth. And I think here's what it is, is it takes the abstract philosophy stuff that is good, but. It's abstract, and it makes it concrete, and it applies it to our life. In a the, what drama does is, it helps us see it in an existential way, lived out, uh, or what have you. And so, I, my goal is is to do that. Is because I love theology in and of itself, but I realize a lot of people don't. It doesn't necessarily help them, or they don't get into it. I I try to embed that theology into my storytelling. I embed, I integrate both of them together, and yet, interestingly enough. I think Christians really respond to that, have been so, but at the same time, I also respect their desire, but they love the Bible, they like Bible study, they love research, and they, they love that. So, what I do is, on all my novels, I would either put, put footnotes or an appendix at the end of each novel where I explain the the research, and, and a lot of times Christians say they love that as much as the novel, and um, so, in this particular novel… I had so much research that I wanted to share about the biblical background because some of it was so fascinating and f- new in many ways, uh, whether it's the child sacrifice of the ancient world or the high places, the, the cult of the dead, the Rephim, all this stuff, uh, shale, the underworld valleys, how this stuff all relates. I, I have a, a companion book called The Spiritual World of Jezebel and Elijah. If you get the novel Jezebel, in the first few pages, you'll see you can actually get the book for free, and um, it's sort of like as a companion book, and it, it's basically all the research behind the no- novel Jezebel. So, it'll explain a lot of the things that you may be wondering, where do you get that from, or is that true? You know, um, and, and it's like 150 pages itself. It's like a full book, and uh, people have been loving that stuff because it helps fill it out for them, and they appreciate the fiction even more. But at the end of the day, guys, me personally, I just… I just think that storytelling changes the world um, more than abstraction and philosophy and I'm not saying it's bad I'm not saying we don't need it I'm just saying we need both we need rationality right but I also think uh, the emotions and storytelling are one of the most powerful ways that affect us and so I want to a- incorporate both w- to into each other and and hopefully bring about you know uh, a good, hybrid balance
1: love it love it brian and you are accomplishing that and uh i can't wait for people to check out this book but before we get into how they can grab it you know you like i've said before one of the most prolific writers if not uh i mean i don't even have to stipulate sort of narrative writers but really one of the most prolific writers that we get to talk to so you gotta have a bunch more coming down the pipeline i mean what's next for this series
0: well you know actually i i'm, I'm not going to reveal that yet but Ooh. i am already doing research for it yeah yeah i've got a i've got the at least uh Two or three planned out in my head, and uh, that's before I even get to spreading it out. But interesting, you should ask, because the second novel in the series is already out. I released it simultaneously because I'd actually rebooted the series. It's called Chin dragon emperor of china and that's spelled q-i-n that's the name of, a, of the first emperor of china and it used to be called the dragon king and it used to be chronicles of the watchers book one but I, that's now book two and jezebel's book one because i want to start with jezebel i think it was a stronger uh, uh origin for the series and um and i think my fans were looking more forward to that kind of starting with the biblical stuff so chin the Dragon Emperor of China is book two in Chronicles of the Apocalypse of the Watchers. And that deals with the first emperor of China. And it also brings in the Magi from Babylon. And um, it brings in the Watchers. But this that's the first novel in the series that starts to branch out from the biblical story and bring the Watcher paradigm to other nations. And that's, of course, China and the origin of of the Chinese Empire there. So that's kind of cool. And I co-wrote that with Charlie Wen. Charlie uh, was the like one of the originators of the Marvel Studios uh, visual development. I mean the guy's an awesome artist and and we wrote that we wrote that one together. Wow, so cool. Um but one last thing I just want to at least alert your readers to if they go to Godawa.com, please go there and sign up for my for my updates and newsletter because I'm also in January, I'm going to start releasing screenplays to read as stories. um, Because over the years, I've been a screenwriter and most screenwriters, you know, most movies don't get made. And so most of us screenwriters have a lot of scripts that we've had that are sitting on the shelf, we couldn't get them produced for one reason or another. And it's not doesn't mean you're bad. It just is. It's really hard to get movies made. Well, I've got enough of them that I thought, you know what? I love reading screenplays and it's a different medium. It's not like reading a novel. It's not like reading a short story. It's sort of like in between and it's a little bit different. You got to get used to a different format. But once you do, it's pretty simple. It's one of the best ways of telling a story because it's really brief. It's really concise and to the point and it packs a powerful punch. And when you're reading it, if you realize, oh, this is a screenplay for a movie, you kind of vision, uh, imagine the movie in your own mind. Right. And so, this is a series called Screenplays as Literature, and I'm going to re- be releasing them starting in January. And every month, I'm going to be releasing several screen screenplays. And I think, I think people who like my stuff will like this because I still have the same worldview that I carry over into into scripts. It's just a different different medium than novels, okay. you know.
2: Because I, so I was nice going to ask you, I was going to ask you one last question, real quick, just a a one single line answer. If you can pick any of your books to become a major motion picture at this point, because I think we asked you before, but you got like 15 more books now. So if Chuck, you can pick one, which one would it be?
0: Enoch.
3: Enoch,
0: Enoch Primordial. And the reason why is because, of course, you, as you guys know, it's, that's one of the that's a very, very popular, well-known, not only through Christian circles, but lots of secular circles and all that kind of stuff. And it's 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 grown in interest in these days. So, it would be the most popular story to be able to tell. And, and I base my Enoch Primordial on the Book of Enoch, not entirely. I draw from the Bible and I also make some stuff up, but I draw from the Book of Enoch. So, and, and I think that's the one story that hasn't been told yet. hasn't been ruined by Hollywood. They ruined <laughs> Noah, they ruined Exodus. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, And I may, I may actually write a script for that to try to to get it sold but now that you ask the book jezebel actually if you buy it you'll notice in the cover it says to be a major motion picture i I actually the story originated as a script i wrote it for independent movie producers they are trying to get the money and trying to put it together make it as a movie i don't know you know these things, you never know. So it could happen in a year, it could happen in five years, it could never happen, who knows. But they are working on it. They've got the script. I love, I'm proud of it. And then I wrote the novel sort of stepping away, sort of in reverse. Sometimes they release a book, then make a movie on the book. But this way, it was sort of the opposite. I wrote the script and then the novel is more of an expansion. Um, and, and it's a little bit different from the script because, you know, I, I inserted it into my chronicle series. But nevertheless, it's I'm, I'm,
1: I'm hoping for that one. Nice. Well, folks, there you got, there you have it. We have Brian Gadawa on again, telling you what he's up to. Most recently, Jezebel, harlot, queen of Israel. Brian Gadawa, thank you so much for being on the show. And before we go, I want you to give out all those sweet, sweet links that people can uh, find your work, including uh, your most recent and, you know, that you got a lot to dig into. So where can they find your stuff?
0: Yeah, it's very simple. Two places. One is if you want to f- like learn more about all the different stories and, and and have a lot of cool artwork and free stuff and, and a very interesting informational website that will be fascinating, uh, uh, go to Godawa.com and all my series are there and all my books are there and you can look at them. If you want to just kind of look into buying the books right away, I have them on Kindle paperback and audiobook on all my novels on amazon everything's exclusively on amazon uh just go there and you can find uh, a lot of the anything you want there just type in my name
1: perfect go go everybody go now get it brian godawa thank you so much buddy for coming on the show and uh, i'm sure it will not be long before we have to have you on again sounds good thanks guys There you have it, folks. We made a promise, and Brian delivered. Brian Godawa, the champion, is he a chimera? Eh, yet to be seen. But we do know that he's <laughs> doing a lot of amazing work in uh, in the sort of fringy field that we're working in, Guns. Well, he did admit that he is a hybrid person when
2: it comes to his uh, his writing style. So you know, <laughs> now, now that the context is clear, uh, context. We, uh, Oh. We know, we know what he was talking about, That's but being a hybrid chimera that wants to do evil and corrupt Israel. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just, re- we, we love Brian because he's just so, you know, he, he just says things he's on the and, top of the, he's on the
1: top of his game, man. He's he on the is, top. Somebody and, and needs just- to knock this guy down a notch. Brian, I know you're <laughs> listening. I'm going to, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Just end on a strangely threatening note. No, but Brian Gadawa, one of the good friends, one of our good, good friends of the show. We're always happy to have him on. And you guys need to go check out his work. He's got new stuff coming out all the time. Check it out. Now, here's the thing, everybody. If you enjoyed this show with Brian Gadawa, first of all, don't you dare skip ahead. And don't you dare stop the podcast, okay? I know you got other stuff to listen to. I know there's 148 other episodes of this show to listen to, but you need to finish this one to take this one all the way out because I need to tell you about CanaryCry.community. You heard me talk about it for 10 minutes at the beginning of this show, and now it's time <laughs> to pay the piper. <laughs> Jeez! Yeah. Wow! I gotta urge everybody head over to CanaryCry Community. Join up. Hundreds of people are already heading over there, and uh, you know what? the The Facebook community is good and important and connected with the whole sort of hive mind that is facebook and uh it's it's been good to us in the past but the future is off of facebook and if you want to participate in that future with us head over to canary cry dot community i don't think there's anything else to say about that guns do you
2: i just realized that there's a dank memes thread yeah, so that insane. needs to be uh yeah it needs to be filled out more we need we need more people to help us out with the dank memes thread there's only a couple so
1: that is your mission uh memes there everybody yeah. listening Go to first of all, you can download the discourse app on your iPhone or Android. You have your own little app, your little portal to the Canary Cry community. Uh just follow the directions there and join CanaryCry.community. Or if you're on your browser, you can head to CanaryCry.community. Um, if you have any trouble there, type in Cry community, and there is a dank memes thread. And I need all my dank <laughs> meme homies to head over and start just dumping your entire dank meme folder into that dank memes thread. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Things are starting off, but uh, I know y'all out there got the good stuff. Um, also, re- oh mm? yes,
2: real quick, mm-hmm. the other thing, we, we need to start a, uh, and this was, we threw this out there in the last episode, but it was just in the outro. It was not in the intro. And uh, we, we brought up this idea about, oh, do we need to start a singles kind of hub or thread mm. for people that are looking for romance of like minded believers? And uh, we got a couple responses saying, yeah, that would be kind of nice. So we might start a little singles thread for people that. Uh,
1: yeah, it's only know, a matter of time, man. There's only a matter of time. I am uh, certified in the United States to perform weddings. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> so if you're we're out just there. setting ourselves up <laughs> yeah we're, we're a whole wedding and the looking Canary for cry love. wedding and trying to find that special someone who uh, won't look at you weird when you say 9/11. It's an inside job right before you go to bed. <laughs> um, that's the place to go. We'll, we'll, we'll get a singles group going on over there. So remember canarycry.community or www.canarycrycommunity. community Go join now. And a reminder, everybody, we are now on Spotify. So go listen, listen, listen on Spotify. If you are a spotify that's the place to go. Um, and if you don't remember from mere hours ago at the beginning of the show when you heard the latest of the Canary Cry Radio jingles, hit it, Gons.
3: CanaryCryRadio.com slash support
1: that's right everybody we are heading into the next decade and sam from handsome young lady slave to servant and god's property radio sam we miss you so much buddy and thank you for that jingle and everybody out there listen to sam when he says canarycryradio.com support that is the place to support your favorite podcast now uh, over there on canarycryradio.com support. We've got PayPal options. We've got monthly support. We've got all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, you can have access to that or you can go to patreon.com slash canarycryradio and signing up there gets you bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool stuff. And here's the thing, folks, you know, I'm I'm getting serious about this. <laughs> the podcasting <laughs> well, you weren't serious before I was not serious before now watch out take take a seat son i'm going to oh, turn boy. i'm going to turn this folding chair backwards and and straddle it the wrong way you're going to you're going to going to get those leg hairs it's time to have a serious oh. serious talk <laughs> folks okay son son less, significantly less than 1% of Canary Cry Radio supporters support the show financially. Now, we've been doing the show for eight years and we have no plans of stopping. Now, some people complain, why don't we put out more episodes? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Well, one reason is that we got mouths to feed. And... uh, <laughs> and it's true and internet to pay, which by
2: the way, before we, we sat down to record this, I we had some I, I personally over here in the uh, Gons household, the internet went down mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a kind of a
1: fiasco. And it was so, financially you know. related.
2: It was financially related.
1: And so here's the thing. We gotta keep the uh. internet going, we gotta keep the show going. And we threw our hat over the fence years ago that we would not submit. the world's system of selling your attention you give you trust us with your attention with this time that we put into this show and we are not going to betray you by selling that attention to corporations who want to take your data and and brainwash you into buying their products (laughs) that is not what we're about here it goes against everything we believe in now that being said That is a bad way to make money. (laughs) So, (laughs) if you believe in this show at all, consider it a value for value. If you've listened to one episode, what is that worth to you? Is this your very first episode? Well, maybe it's not worth anything, but... If you've listened to 10, 20, 50 or 100 episodes, if you keep coming back and you get something out of Canary Cry Radio moving in to this next decade, now is the time. You're sitting there thinking, wow, Basil is really laying it on thick right now. Surely someone out there will answer the call. No, nobody will. Only you, person <laughs> sitting here listening to this right now. It is up to you to either go to patreon.com slash radio or canarycryradio.com slash support. And, uh you know, give what feels right to you. How much have you listened? How much did you get out of it? How much have we informed your worldview? How many times has a, a researcher or a, a scholar or a uh, author or somebody informed your worldview? Has that improved your life? Has that improved your worldview? Have things become clearer? Any of this, if any of this is true, either head to patreon.com slash canarycryradio or canarycryradio.com slash support and let us know by supporting the show because that is the only way that it's going to continue moving on into this next decade and, you know, things are going to keep getting hairy. And so, it, you know, it really is going to take the whole community here to, to. Uh, as Gon stated before, we are not a 501c3. We do not have government oversight. We do not take ads. We do not have corporate oversight. We have complete freedom to say anything we want to say. And that is the only reason why Canary Cry Radio is able to be what it is. So, if you believe... That Canary Cry Radio should stay that way. Go ahead, pledge some support. Don't count on somebody else to do it because nobody else will. It's just you, <laughs> listener. So please consider doing that. Okay. I th- and just just keep in mind that that your
2: complacency for not supporting us, what 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 what, it's going to. It will kill. It will kill the podcast. Your complacency will kill.
1: Complacency. Gone's breaking out the The C word, guys. This is serious. (laughs) We need to get on it. All right, hit that jingle one more time, and we got a couple more things to say.
3: ConneryCryRadio.com slash support.
1: Now, usually... so good. So good. Such sweet, sultry tones. Now, usually I say, Hey... If you're unable to support the show financially even a dollar a month, then here's another way you can help us. But no, today I'm saying after you support the show financially so we can continue doing what we do into the next decade. Then, go we've got we're we're brand new on Spotify and here's the problem folks. We don't have any ratings or reviews on Spotify and we are coming dangerously close to 1000 reviews on itunes so here's the thing folks now is the time to leave a rating and a review uh on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this we are coming close and here's the thing people uh people kind of underestimate the importance of rating and reviews i'm telling you right now they help out way more than you know uh, when people leave ratings and reviews, it tells the iTunes robots uh, that we are worth listening to, and it starts to share the show automatically. And uh, guns, have you ever heard of Shinnerific Cern Pilgrim? Uh now I have. Sh- Maybe it's Shinnerific Sounds like a s- Shinerific uh, Cern uh, yeah, Pilgrim. Yeah, like a Shinar. Yeah, I think Shinar. Yeah, sh- yeah. Shinar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the. Sh- CERN Pilgrim left a rating and a review on the November 23rd. Five stars, baby. And they say, wherever you start, it's all good. CCR is an education and investigation into things hidden in plain view. If you are led of the Holy Spirit to learn more, then look no further. Canary Cry Radio is like a diving board into the ocean of Christianity. Amen amen thank you for that review shinerific cern pilgrim and then Gons. there's tr lester another five-star review on november 19th this podcast and the connections that come from listening to the show have changed my life the information i've gleaned from this show and others associated with Gons and basil have redefined my thinking and outlook in so many areas can't give them enough stars for the service they are doing, the quality of their research, and their faith in putting these podcasts out for listeners. Keep up the wonderful work. Love you guys. Boom. Changing lives, guns. I like it. I'm telling you, man. And uh, I'm I'm hoping T.R. Lester is uh, going to patreon.com slash canarycryradio to show us just how much has changed
3: his <laughs> life.
2: Well, I have some. I have some criticism for our listeners, though, with the at least with the the podcast app, mm-hmm. uh, formerly known as Apple iTunes, which of course they changed the name to try to monopolize the word podcast by just changing their app to podcast. Okay, but anyway, okay, guns. N- no no December ratings or reviews for uh, 2019. Guys, this is the last chance you will get to leave a rating or a review in this decade. This decade. The decade that started Canary cool Cry Radio
1: is about to end. The last review of the decade. Oh, my gosh. Well, Ooh. don't wait, folks. Start going because uh, we let's try to hit 1,000 reviews before the decade. Uh, sorry, 1,000 ratings. We're at 820 now. There, Guys... 180 <laughs> guys. <laughs> 180 ratings might sound a lot, like a lot, but it, it, there are so many of you out there. Again, if you're sitting there and you're going, "Oh, good, I'm glad they're laying it so thick for these reviews," surely other people will. No, stop it! You right now, go leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we can definitely get 180 in, in the next couple of weeks. By the new year, that's the that's the that's the goal, everybody um okay and maybe we'll maybe we'll read your uh, review on the show
2: maybe and and i always bring up our goal when it comes to the you know the itunes or podcast app or whatever we want to call it now mm-hmm. uh the long the long-term goal that we've had that we're, we're we haven't really achieved yet you're
1: going down olstein
2: <laughs> uh, i don't have the beat behind it what happened to the wait maybe this is the one with the beat
1: you're going down olstein there it is, <laughs> <laughs> taking him taking them down, kicking him off number one in the charts, or taking
2: what? down Oldstein, what?
1: Wait, well, old, Oldstein, Osteen,
2: which means we are gonna take down Kanye too. Is that what we're doing? Because he stole our logo. Yeah, is that what's happening?
1: It's true, Kanye did steal our logo <laughs> for the Jesus Is King album. <laughs> All right, guys yeah, he saw our logo and was like, blue dot. Do you think it's time? Do you think do it's it. time to wrap this up? Is there anything else? Just want to remind everybody, you can head to twitch.tv. We're going to be playing video games. Oh, that's right. Playing some virtual reality. We're going to be looking for the symbolism and the storylines in today's video games. If you are a gamer or you know somebody who's a gamer, maybe your kid's a gamer and you just need to understand what they're so obsessed with, you can head over to twitch.tv and uh, search for Canary Cry Radio. Follow our channel. It's coming, folks. All right, folks, we're just about to wrap it up here, but remember... I've got another show called The Joy Spiracy Theory, and it is an awesome show. I talk to listeners and canarians just like you, find out, hear their life story, their testimony, and how they got into the weird stuff. It is one of the most encouraging shows, I believe, even in existence. But especially if you like Canary Cry Radio, you're going to want to check out The Joy Spiracy Theory. Um, tons of just great feedback. Got new episodes. I've got like. Five episodes in the can. So there's going to be a bunch coming out. So go search the Joy Spiracy Theory and subscribe today. And if you haven't heard of it, if you don't know it, if you don't love it, it's because you don't know it. It's called the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel. You all know about this. Go over there, give it a like, give it a subscribe, and uh, tell your friends. A great place uh, for. People to share this type of work that Gons has done over the years um, in the easily shareable YouTube format.
2: Um, also, uh, the migration is definitely starting to bitshoot. Yes, and uh, we just hit uh, 2,000 subscribers for the Face Like the Sun bitshoot channel. So join us over there. And um, I don't know, Basil. How do people find out about the show? You know, the, the, what what should they do? What should listeners
1: do? To, to get their friends and family to check out the podcast. Here's what you got to do, folks. If you got friends and family who are not listening to this show, you got to do a couple things. First, share the episodes on the Facebook. Tell them by their, just speak some words into their face. And most importantly, grab them by the cage and shake it. I want to shake things up. Stir up some controversy. Rattle a
3: few cages. Get out don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy.
4: Leave the bird alone. Never. Cradle a few cages. Cradle a few cages. kill himself. Aliens.
1: That's right, everybody. Make sure to... let your friends know to listen to the show the best way to spread the show is mouth to mouth person to person friend to friend family to family and believer to believer and thank you for listening to this episode of canary cry radio make sure to tune in next time but until then think outside the cage
3: The Cry slash